start the conversation by saying, my mom died last week. And and that's about all she gets out. And then her husband pipes in and says, hey, and uh, how do we sell the house and get the money? And I'm telling you, you know, so I have this joke that you can marry more in five minutes than you can earn in a lifetime. And I always just thought it was a joke. But there are a lot of people out there who are waiting for their in-laws to die so they can inherit that money and do whatever with. Like, I'm not saying it's inappropriate, but I'm the father of two daughters and a son. And I don't want my children, my inheritance to go to anyone else but my children or my grandchildren. Now, if my daughter lives in a house and she's married and she wants to remodel her kitchen and that, to the extent that benefits her husband, fine, so be it. If she wants to go on her vacation and take her husband with her, fine, I don't care. But I don't want him, you know, having money just land in his checking account for him to just squander and use. And I definitely don't want him to be able to divorce her and end up with half of my money that I left my daughter. Hell no. I work too damn hard to give my money to some idiot in-law. And I might love them, and I don't have any yet, but still, I want what I have to go to my wife, my children, my grandchildren. I don't want it to go to anyone else. And that includes in-laws. And so a trust, a sub-trust for your child is a phenomenal way to keep your in-laws sticky fingers out of your money. You don't want them to get anything. I mean, if you could, you'd say zero. But but that's almost impossible. But you can at least make sure that, that they can't touch the money. They can't divorce your, your kid and take the money. They can't run up a big debt and have a creditor go after the money. Like They can file bankruptcy. Your money is going to be there to protect your child. Because as a parent, I know... That is my job. And I don't think that it ends when my kids become adults. I don't even think it ends when I'm dead. My trust is set up so even if I'm, if I'm six feet underground, I am still protecting my kids with a trust that will just pay for them for as long as there's money there. And no one can take it from them. And that is so great. So great. No one can take it from them. So you should be aware of that. It should be set up in your trust. I, and I am such an advocate of this that I try to put this in every single trust document I can. And when people come in and they'll say, hey, Dustin, can you review our trust and tell me if it's any good or not? I mean, if you're asking, then you know, right? You, you already know it's garbage. But if you want me to do that, I always go to the first place I turn is the distribution page. And I want to see who inherits your property and how they inherit it. And if it just says to Junior outright and free of trust, or if it says to my children to share and share alike, or some other bullcrap thing like that, like that is not how you want it. The way you want it, you want to protect, well, at least the way I would do it, I want to protect my children. And I want to protect my children from as many dangers as possible for as long as possible, including long after I'm dead. 
And when you say see things like outright and free of trust, or to my children to share and share alike, or some other just lame, then you know that you're, child, you're not protecting your children. You've given up. You've said, nope, I don't need to protect my children anymore. It's no longer my job. They're on their own. And I do not subscribe to that line of thinking. I just don't. So I love subtrusts. I think subtrusts are phenomenal. Another subtrust that we love to do that makes me so happy. You know, it's great to give to charity and it's great to be able to give away money and help people. And we have a way to help people and give away your money twice. You can take the same money and give it to your kid and give it to your charity. And I'll tell you how we do this. If you have an IRA or 401k, generally speaking, and, and across the board, this is the rule, you don't want it to go to your revocable trust because it gets taxed at a higher rate. I won't go into why, but just it gets taxed, it gets taxed at a higher rate. But we can actually do a trust that does, that does not tax it at a higher rate. It keeps the tax rate um, low for your kids. And we can set up a pension for your child. So how many of your kids have pensions? I mean, I know I don't have a pension. I'm self-employed. Do your kids have pensions? If they work for the government, then yes. But if they don't work for the government, then the odds are your kids are not gonna have pensions. So how would you like to leave a 20-year pension to your son or daughter, to your children, that pays them every single month for 20 years? 20 years, even after you're dead. And if your child dies, it continues to pay you to your grandchildren. It pays out for 20 years. It pays 5% of the of the amount of the um, of the trust for 20 years. Now think about it. 20 times 5 is 100. So every year, 5% of the trust goes out to your child. But the trust money is invested in the stock market or in whatever. And over time, we anticipate that that money will continue to grow at you know about a 5% rate. So essentially, we're just giving away the earnings every single year. And so the value of the trust stays the same. And we give away, we pass out the money. So let's say you have a million dollars in your IRA. 5% growth on your million is $50,000. So every year, if your IRA grew at 5%, that would be $50,000 that would go to your son. Now, $50,000 is roughly $4,000 a month. So you could give your son $4,000 a month for 20 years. And then after 20 years, the balance of whatever's left in that IRA goes to a charity. So you give a million dollars to your son, you know, 50,000 a year for 20 years. And then when, after the end of the, at the end of the 20 years, um, 50 or a million dollars goes to charity. You have a $1 million, you get to give it away twice. And so we do, we get to do some good in the world by giving away money to a charity. We get to help your son have a pension for 20 years. And we get to make sure that your son doesn't just blow all that money on some big dumb purchase, but actually can use it as a pension to supplement himself in, into retirement. It's a great plan. It works phenomenally. And we love to see when estate planning strategies 
can solve real problems that families have. And so this is a, this is a, called a, it, it's a TCRET, it's a testamentary charitable remainder unit trust. So there's, I don't know many attorneys that will do those mostly because they don't know how. Most attorneys stick with like the ultra basic revocable living trust and that's it. But to really be able to offer a full array of products, the, you need to know a little bit more about what's going on and what's available so that you as a consumer can get the thing you need. You know, this is not just like walking into In-N-Out Burger and getting either a single or a double and fries and a shake, right? Like there should be more things on the menu because you have different needs. You, and, and, and so knowing what those, sometimes you don't, don't always know not only what your needs are, but really what's even available. Now, there are some clients that we don't end up working with because they're kind of outside of our scope. Like we know where we're, where we're really good and strong, but we had a, a gentleman walk in a month ago and, and he had a net worth of about $250 million. Well, I don't run into many people with $250 million. It's really not part of our practice. So we found an attorney in the Bay Area who does work with high net worth individuals and we sent him there because you know, it's just not our sweet spot. It's not what we do every single day, day in and day out. Now, could we have helped them? Could we have muscled through and found a way? Sure, but would that have been the best representation for him? And would we have been able to do a great job and been really happy with the results and stand behind the results? Probably not. I mean, we would have done a good job, but we might have missed some things just because we don't do it every day. So. Having an attorney that understands your needs and works with people just like you and has experience with that is really, really important. You know, I, the, um, the last thing I'll kind of go over, and this is a testamentary trust. And when you have young children, especially, um, we'll see this, and this is called a pot, P-O-T, a pot trust, where we'll throw all the money into a pot, if you will, that will benefit all of the kids. And, and this we do just, generally we do it for young children. As parents, this is how we do it anyway. We don't have an exact, now my kids, they want everything to be fair. They know all about fair. Dad, that's not fair. Dad, you bought her this and you bought me that. And her co hers cost $10 more than mine. Dad, that's not fair. You owe me 10 bucks. Well, screw that, like I'm the boss. So as parents, we don't treat our kids fairly. You know, you might have one kid that wants to do one sport that's only $10 a month, and then your daughter wants to ride freaking horses, and that is, you know, that, that's a whole nother, uh, you know, thing. And that, it's, it's really unequal as far as the money you spend. So what a pot trust allows a guardian to do is spend your money more like a parent would really spend it instead of being really particular and saying, well, $1 for you and $1 for you and $2 for you and $2 for you, it just tends to be a little bit more natural and fluid like a family would normally be. And then once the kids get to be 18 or 25 or whatever age you set, then they can have their own money. But if they're young, a pot trust is really nice. It makes life easier on guardians. It makes life easier to take care of children um, if you have to. and you know, treat them, I will say, I hate to say unequally, but really just spend the money on the kids as parents would spend the money and not have this regimented, it always has to be fair type of accounting 
that is so common with trustees. So that is kind of a list of uh, some of the more, more common trusts that we see and that what's available and what I would say most of us need, right? There are definitely people out there who need more advanced, more complex um, trust and estate work, that $200, $250 million client that we kind of um, passed along. Um, but I would say the lion's share of us, most of us who live in California, most of us who are homeowners, who are small business owners, who are who have families, this these are the things that we need. We need to take care of our children. We need to take care of ourselves, our spouses, our children and grandchildren. We want to avoid probate, reduce our tax liability. That's the name of the game. And this is and so that's where we focus. You know, families with $25 million or less who own real estate, who maybe own small businesses, who may be married, have children. That's, that's it's kind of like most people, right? There are people obviously outside that um, who don't fit that criteria exactly.